Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all those Canadian emigrants. Say ta-ta to your native homeland and enjoy the great white north. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Oh, dear Lord, what has happened? I thought we had it in the bag. Um, I will address that briefly in a little bit. I'll try not to ramble too long, but first I want to say I got a show date for y'all to come out to, people. Show date. Okay, Jersey City. Uh, I will be at Departed Souls on November 27th at 7.30. For information on that show and more, head on over to manhorpod.com slash comedy. While you're over there, of course, you can sign up for the mailing list on the right-hand side. So you can uh, stay up to date with all your Man Whore Podcast news. Also, what the float season is over, that will not return till May. However, here is a new thing uh, that I will be updating y'all on. Uh, one of my new gigs is the being I now host speed dating events with OnSpeedDating.com. Very excited to announce that. Uh, if you are a single person or let's just say an available person in the greater New York City area, would love to see you come on out to an event. All right. I will be hosting a speed dating event for singles aged 30 to 48 on November 23rd. That's a very specific uh, number, 48. I don't know why it's not 45 or 50, but hey, that's what it is. Uh, if you're interested, come on out. Go to onspeeddating.com. Use the code Billy5 at checkout for $5 off your ticket. Would love to see you there. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Tuesday night. Uh, we learned. A lot of selfish voters in this country. A lot of, a lot of people going, well, you know, the economy and jobs and stuff and ooh, coal mining. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, what? it's not all about you. There are jobs. Uh, no, neither candidate is a sure thing when it comes to the economy and creating new jobs. I mean, we don't know that about a president until they go into action. But only one candidate guaranteed human decency and equal rights for all. The other one uh, chose a vice president who explicitly endorses gay conversion therapy and thinks that women who have miscarriages should hold funerals for their dead fetuses. That's, uh, that's what we voted for. It's selfish voting. I, I said this in the last few weeks. I was trying to explain. It was a, it was a rough night. I had to like console Paige. Paige was in fucking tears. I'd like feed her whiskey to calm her down. So her tears, uh, they started off as sobbing and slowly turned into maniacal laughter. But, you know, I, I have since recovered and I recovered because I watched uh, the Saturday Night Live sketch with, uh, with Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock in it. OK, I watched Chappelle's uh, monologue kind of lukewarm, a little tepid for my taste. But there was this one sketch where it's Dave Chappelle. And it's uh, it takes place the night of the election. And he's like having a, an election watching party with like four of the white cast members, four white people and super mega black Dave Chappelle watching the election results. And it, it, it shows the white people devolving. As the night goes on with Chappelle just sitting there being like, yeah, this is this is how the country has been. You just didn't see it. And then eventually Chris Rock shows up. And, and so it's like these two black men laughing about how all the white people are so shocked that the country is racist and, and shitty. Th this sketch 
really relaxed me and calmed me down and made me realize, yeah, the country has been in worse scenarios. This scenario ain't great, but we've been through worse. We've survived worse. And I know that's easy for me to say as a straight white dude, uh, because it was going to be fine for me regardless. But, but it really, we will get through it. I mean, the big punchline of the whole sketch and skip ahead 30 seconds if uh, you don't want it to be spoiled. But, you know, the big thing is like <laughs> the, the, the white people in the sketch go, they end it with, this is the most despicable thing America has ever done. And the two black men just look at each other and start laughing. Because like we've done way worse shit. Uh, yes, this is a step backwards. But it's not the end of the world. We will survive it. Let this uh, be a lesson to you. If you live in a swing state and you are like, I'm voting for a third party candidate because I'm a big baby. If you want to vote for a third party candidate, you know what? Move to a non-swing state and you can go vote there where it's not going to really have a, an effect. Let this hopefully mobilize all of you to go vote in the midterm elections in 2018, as Dan Savage calls them, the less sexy election. So at least maybe uh, the more progressive party can take back the, the Senate and or the House of Representatives and limit the amount of damage the crazy man can do. Before we go on with the show, let us, uh, let's jump to this promo from the podcast Sex Actually. Uh, great show, really fun. It's one of uh, several shows I've been plugging. We've all been plugging each other because uh, we think you would all like each other's shows. So I hope you go uh, have subscribed and tried out the other podcasts I've plugged recently, Sex with Tim Marie, The Swinging Milf, and now Sex Actually. Hey, everybody, this is Dave Neal, host of the Sex Actually podcast. I'm a stand-up comedian from the great state of Rhode Island, and now I live in Los Angeles and host a podcast about dating, sex, and relationships. We release episodes every Monday and Friday with over 170 hours of content. Some of our past guests include the ladies of the Guys We Fucked podcast, comics like Nikki Glaser, Bobby Lee, and other touring comedians. Find us on Instagram at sexactuallypod or search sexactually on iTunes, SoundCloud, or the new app Laughable. Come have a listen in our freeform talk about all things sex, actually. So please uh, go check that out. Uh, also, here's another show you can check out. I was recently on a podcast called Strictly Anonymous, talking about, well, you can guess it, all that strictly anonymous Craigslist stuff I do. So uh, if you want to listen to that, uh, head over. I think it's episode 135 uh, or something of the like. It's, it's a very recent episode. You'll see Manhor in the title. Very fun time I had there. Now for some happier things. Oh my gosh. You, you know what makes me happy? You, the listeners, when I get to interact with you, whether it's uh, talking to you on Twitter, Reddit, email, uh, and even occasionally in person. Not in like the stalking, hey, like I followed you home type of way, but like the planned, uh, coordinated fashion. Like uh, this week, this past weekend, I got to meet up with longtime fan whore, very loyal uh, supporter on Patreon, Sarah B. Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing? Uh, she was up visiting from Florida. She apologized on behalf of her state. And then we went out and had drinks with her and a friend. Uh, went to a bar, was playing like weird old granny porn. <laughs> it was like... Every five minutes, there would just be this close-up cock-sucking scene 
and her friend doesn't really watch porn, so it was always a little bit shocking for her. So she would avoid looking at the TV, but Sarah and I kept being like, oh my God, we want to watch. I was like, that's my listener. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for reaching out, because it seriously brightened up my fucking day. Getting to hang out with you. Um, I got this random direct message on Reddit. Someone who, uh, well, she found my podcast and therefore my username and therefore uh, messaged me there. She said, uh, it's from Throwaway Hellauser. I don't know what that is. Hi, I came across your podcast by chance and I just thought I'd message and tell you that it's very funny and interesting. I'm all fucked up on cough syrup right now, so it's probably looking all weird and stalky because I'm going to start following you on all social media and telling you you're cute, but it's all fine. I promise. That's really it. Emmeline. Well, thank you, Emmeline. That was a very nice message to receive the other night. I uh, That definitely cheered me up. And then I got really excited for uh, this other listener. Uh, again, longtime fan whore, Millie W. Oh, man. She's getting up to some stranger play action herself. And um, she says, hey, so I'm about to do some stranger play. I'm very excited. What do you think? And I'm, I, she, told, she told me the scenario. I was like, that sounds hot as fuck. The scenario is that uh, she's been talking to this woman on Craigslist. And the woman, and, and look, anyone who's a skeptic, fuck off, okay? You don't deserve this type of fun stuff. But this woman on Craigslist, they wanted to coordinate. She was uh, going to have her boyfriend come pick her up at work. But instead of her being at work, it was going to be Millie. And then Millie would go up to the car and be like, hey, like she's like a present that the girlfriend's gifting her boyfriend. Be like, hey, I'm here like all for you. And this is like, oh, this is all yours. And I'm like a sexy present from your girlfriend. And then they would take things from there. I was like, that's awesome. Here's some notes. Because, <laughs> of course, I'm like, ooh, let me here. I want to just edit it a little bit like for example i said you should have her uh you should coordinate with the woman and have her send a text message to him when he arrives at the work she's just like a nice long sexy letter of like hey baby here's a present for you i've got this really cute girl who's ready to do all sorts of fun stuff with you and then you tap on the window he's like oh my god this is the girl also you know maybe voice verify with the woman i would say you know do this it sounds great but just for safety purposes, to make sure this is real, you know, you should say, hey, can I just get some kind of voice verification? Just a small snippet. Just say, like, hey, this is the email just I was emailing you from. I'm real. Please fuck my boyfriend. Have fun. Let me know uh, how it went. Uh, last piece of, like, uh, fan reach out from a uh, always prefers to be anonymous woman, but uh, one of my favorite fan whores. She wrote in uh, about Melissa's episode last week. A lot of y'all seem to enjoy her. Um, She writes in, Your show this week was not unlike a cool gulp of water after weeks of camping in post-Matthew mugginess. In my mind, they are all great, but this week's was especially good. There was a lot of, Mmm, girl, preach it moments from yours truly regarding Melissa's thoughts on online dating and single shaming. It was an especially bright spot upon re-entering the country to learn recent terrifying political news. Hope you are well. So, uh, so again, people, I love hearing from you. So reach out, follow me on Twitter at the Billy Presida, like the man whore podcast on Facebook. It's not Billy Presida on Facebook. It's the man whore podcast. Billy Presida is my nice private 
profile I uh, I prefer to keep private. Uh, shoot me an email, manwhorepod at gmail.com. Okay, again, I love hearing from you. I love reading these things on the air. For this week's guest, Sandra LaMorghese. Man, I still feel like I can't say that name right. Okay, um, Sandra's great. She is a professional dominatrix and author of uh, the memoir, Switch, Time for a Change. She became a professional dominatrix with no prior experience in her mid-50s. Yeah. She's kind of, and she's vanilla in her personal life, so she's kind of like a vanilla dominatrix. That's pretty wild. And so I decided I wanted to talk to uh, to Sandra. You know, I first met her at her naked book launch party where I took Paige. That was really fun. Um, And I think it's a great episode. We discuss everything from ageism and sex, you know, like menopause and sex. We talk about cougars, BDSM, uh, how she got into being a dominatrix, uh, even even some talk of erotic hypnosis. I really enjoyed doing this episode. I hope you all enjoy listening to it. So here's me with Sandra Lamorghese. Lamorghese. I'm so sorry, Sandra, that I can't say it right. Look at that skin color. He can do whatever he wants. I think it's true. <laughs> um, but uh, hello, we are, we're here with Sandra. Uh, I'm going to butcher your last name a little bit. The more syllables you put in a last name, the more difficult, mm-hmm. the more chances there are to mess up. Uh, mm-hmm. La Morghese? La Morghese. La Morghese. Is that yeah. French? Italian. Italian. Oh, okay. Rock. Where in Italy? I have no idea. It's no? my ex-husband's name. Oh, okay, okay. I'm Sicilian, so I, uh, oh, yeah, Progida. Okay. It's a nice uh, Italian name. But okay. you wrote you wrote this uh, this book called Switch uh, about a very switching time in your uh, your life mm-hmm. where you became a professional dominatrix. Yeah, yeah. I became a dominatrix 55 years old. That's no the- experience whatsoever before that. And um, my life was, I was working as a holistic practitioner, and I've sort of manifested this transition in my life, and I was studying sexual transmutation of energy and female sexual empowerment and um, really energy work. Yeah. When When the center closed... I couldn't get a job. No one would hire me. I thought it was ageism. And, you know, I had all this 20 years as an entrepreneur, successful, educated, could not get a job at Whole Foods. What? I mean, really? Really? Really. I mean, I have a- You gra- wanted to work at Whole Foods? Well, I have a graduate degree in holistic nutrition. So I thought, well, so yeah, So you're going to do like be at checkout and just be like, oh, yeah, this is a really good brand. That's a good choice, sir. Would you like uh, <laughs> plastic or paper? <laughs> no, I was hoping something like more manager. Right, right. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I'd be like, "Why are you eating this? Why are you eating this?" <laughs> <laughs> Just turn to everyone's mother. Just be like, "But what, and what?" Uh, so I met you at the uh, your naked book launch. Yes. And I, I took my girlfriend. Be yes. like, "Hey, do you want to go get naked?" And she said yes. I was like, "I didn't tell you where." She's like, "Doesn't matter." Um, but yeah, you did a naked book launch party, which was fun. Yeah, um, first all new naked book launch party in New York City. It was quite interesting. It yeah. was very interesting. And, and I didn't even realize that before that, we had uh, at least seen each other at the New York Body Painting Day. That's yeah. right. Which one were you? Uh, I got painted as a lion. I was like purple and black and gold, and she made a huge lion face I'm gonna have on my to, front. I'm going to go back and look. Yeah. 
It was, uh, and then last year I was. Do you just, remember seeing me or no? Uh, I remember seeing you when I saw the pictures. Okay. Because yeah. then I saw like, oh no, yeah, she was like right over there. Um, yeah, I, I was all the way in the back. Okay. So I was kind of away from the the crowd because my my um, artist had two models. Oh. So they gave us a lot of space. Okay. And was that the first time you did body painting there? Yeah. It was ah, so much fun. It was a lot of fun. I was really nervous because I thought I've done a couple nude events before, but everyone was nude. Right. You know, so when you're nude in New York, everyone passing by is not nude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the part I like They're about reporting. it. <laughs> That's the part I like. <laughs> Why? I, it's just fun. The ex, I don't know. There's an exhibitionist in me. Okay. It's a part of me that like uh, I can pretend that I feel sexy for like a couple hours. Okay. And then, uh, then I see the pictures. I'm like, dear Lord, Billy, stop eating. That's <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> so you like doing a lot of the nude events, don't you? You also were talking about going to nude beaches, right? Mm-hmm. I went to a nude beach the first time last year. And that was the first nude event I went to. Okay. And my girlfriend, her boyfriend talked me into it. And I just n- did not want to do it. <laughs> I just did not want to do it. I just couldn't imagine it. I just could, couldn't imagine myself being that vulnerable I didn't want to see everyone naked. I just thought it was going to be really horrible. Right. But I really love my friends and I trust them and they just went on and on about it. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's just do it. And, and you're, you're at an age where that's not uh, the, you're, you're 60 now, right? I think I, yeah, it was your 60th birthday was the launch party. Yeah. 60th and, birthday. But you're out there be like, I don't give a fuck. I'm hot. I'm sexy at 60. I'm going to go get naked wherever the fuck I want. <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. That's, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Have you always had that attitude about, uh, your age, your body, yourself? No, I, th- I think you kind of grew, I kind of grew into it. Uh-huh. So when you're younger, you, I think your beauty is all determined on the outside. And as I grew older, and I find that with my friends that are that are older, it kind of go, you know goes inside, and then you just don't really give a shit. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. It does matter because you want to be attractive, you want to be beautiful, you want to be in shape, you want to be healthy, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But the little imperfections or the little human human parts of our body aren't that important, right? To be ashamed of or embarrassed by i'm I'm trying yeah just let it go well yeah you're young how old are you 27 oh, <laughs> she's like get the fuck out of here <laughs> come back to me when your bald spot's bigger and then we'll talk and it, depending on what years yeah then depending on the picture you see of me you'll be like oh well that bald spot thing's coming in quite nicely um it's thin hair it's not bald um but that no that's a wonderful beautiful attitude to have uh, towards that, but uh, well, you said you have a grown son. Does he at some point get like, "Mom, can you can you put some fucking clothes on?" Well, you know, he's not crazy, but I mean, it's hard <laughs> for boys to have a hot mom or like attractive <laughs> mom because their friends are looking at you, and you know. But I, he's proud of me because I've always been healthy, and that's right. been like the most important thing. And that really comes from your attractiveness. I think is mm-hmm. from your health and how you glow from the inside. Yeah. You know, not makeup or, you know, cosmetic stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, what are you going to do? Yeah. We're just, <laughs> we're here. We're just meat bodies on this planet for a while, much longer. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Don't, you know, have some fun. We take ourselves too seriously. So, you were into the anti aging stuff and wellness stuff long before you got into sexual doming and, and totally whatnot, right? Way. Yeah. I have a lifetime of, of the, 
um, health background and nutrition background and but it's not like background. you were just a nutritionist. You were you. It seems like you were more holistic. Yeah, I had a holistic practice. Yeah. So we were doing detoxification, ozone therapy, colonics, um, so, oxygen therapy, um, nutritional supplements. Like then you got into doming. Go- you were like, I th- I think some of those colonic people were in there for more pleasure. Oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know think about that? <laughs> Why? Well, because I didn't know. Oh. <laughs> I had no idea, but now when I'm looking back on it, I'm like, why was that guy rubbing his little finger on my leg? <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa. His like, little finger was uh, Donald Trump, a client of yours. <laughs> no. That sounds fitting. Uh, what got you into anti-aging and wellness like well, that? I, well, it evolved, really. I was in the mm-hmm. fitness industry years ago, mm-hmm. uh, 30 years ago, and uh, was a personal trainer and did aerobic classes so you've always been like a fit person yeah now did you feel um more in touch like with your sexuality or do you like feel sexier when you were younger and and fit or do you i mean because you were talking about beauty and age and it becoming internalized and not giving a fuck anymore mm-hmm. like do you find yourself almost like at more of a peak now than when you were 40 or 25 absolutely yeah oh no i definitely feel sexier now definitely because it comes from confidence so when did you get confident? Like at what age? I think, think I got, got confident? confident at like 55. When you put on the leather? Is that yeah. One? Okay. Yeah. Well, right before then, I started dating, you know, and I found this cougar site and I went on to this. Which cougar- one? Cougar Life. Cougar Life. Oh, I was on Cougar Life too. In college. <laughs> sure when, I was in, when I was sure in college. You message me. <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. I feel because I did the one person I met up with. She lived in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> Hope. I, I, I took a very, very long train ride, like an hour and a half train ride to meet up with this but woman. But it was worth it. Oh, it was worth it. She's <laughs> the one who taught me to wear Magnum condoms. Uh, I had no idea. What I, were you doing? Strangling yourself? I had no I just I thought that's what it was supposed to be. Mm. I didn't have sex ed, you know? And right, then she right. hands me this, uh, she hands, I was like, hey, do you have a con? She's like, yeah. And she hands me that, the gold wrapper. And I'm like, are you sure? Like this, that's for the big ones. And she's like, no, this is like probably what you should wear. Mm. Uh, because when I was like 12, I used to watch Degrassi Next Generation. What is that? Is a TV show, is an adorable Canadian sitcom that like took over in the States pretty well. And it's just like, um, it's just like an angsty teen high school, you know, drama show. And, there's this character JT. He's like the cool, wacky character, and uh, he he thought it'd be fun. He had one point he had sex with Liberty, this other girl, and he thought it'd be fun to use the two big condom. Well, mm. during sex, the condom slipped off, and Liberty got pregnant. Then at the season finale, spoiler alert: JT goes to a house party, gets stabbed, and dies. Oh, jeez. So at like 12, I thought like, oh, Billy, just use the normal size condom. Don't <laughs> get too big it, for your britches. to you. <laughs> this, is the, this is the warning story. Um, and so hope changed my life. Uh, no, okay, but, good. Yeah. She brought you back down. No, it's okay. <laughs> but you know, and she also taught me things. Like, you know, she didn't have time for, I was 20. Mm. She was 46. Okay. She didn't have time for my bullshit. She's like, right. you're going to do this, this way. Stop that lick this you know like she right. knew what she wants yeah how she wants it mm-hmm. and she wasn't scared to tell me well yeah and that's what you learn when you get older when yeah. you you know as a young man or even when you were 20 young girls don't talk about that kind of stuff they mm-hmm. just let you do it they're not even sure what they like yet 
and you really don't learn anything you don't really explore and you're too intimidated to even say anything for most for the right. most part but i think when you get older then you're just like fuck it yeah let's just do it and then you end up on why why'd you go to cougar life were you always into younger dudes no but i wanted to start dating and this okay. was before i went into the dom work right right and but like post divorce right yes okay and i started looking at different articles about dating men and i was like i want to do it different now i don't want to just date and find a boyfriend and that's my boyfriend i want to learn how to date mm-hmm. you know i want to like do different you know go out with different guys and i never really did that i always had a husband or you know yeah. a boyfriend and i was reading this article and i clicked one of the highlighted words in the article and i landed on the cougar life and i'm like what the fuck is this like, I never saw anything like it. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, because I'm like match.com, you know? Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I started looking at the profiles, and I said, you know what? I got nothing to lose here. Why don't I do it? <laughs> Look at those abs. Let me, they're shiny. I'm Let me. <laughs> like, wait a minute. And I just got so curious, and I was like, I got to do this. Man, I had my credit card had <laughs> in like two seconds. Uh-huh. Do you have some good dates from that? Well, funny because. I didn't really know how to do it. And I made it like very vanilla, my, okay. my profile. I mean, it was me in a ski outfit. My my screen name was Outdoors Type. I mean, <laughs> I just... <laughs> <laughs> you started put it. You started typing your bio accidentally into the username and you ran out of characters. Well, like, I guess my username is Outdoors Type. And I just really just... Like, we're very... Like, something I put on Match.com. Yeah. And... I clicked, you know, submit to my profile and I just thought, well, hell, you know, this is embarrassing because I said my real age was 55 and I was like, I, am I going to even get a response? But you're on the site where guys are like, oh my God, that's so hot. I, yeah, but I didn't know oh my that. God, you're older than my mom. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm 19. Please teach me things. Yeah, but I had no idea. So. <laughs> I was actually at my wellness center when it happened and when I clicked the button because I went in in the morning, you know, and there was no clients yet. And then I had a client come in and we were sitting there at my desk and we were just going through her consultation. And all of a sudden my Blackberry just started going bing, 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 bing. And I was like, what the hell is that? And I just looked at it and it was all from Cougar Life. (laughs) Messages. (laughs) You got introduced to the world of oh, online dating. Oh my god, my my client was like, "What the hell's going on?" And I said, "I got to tell you, I, I just submitted this thing, bef- you know, before I opened up the center." Yeah. And uh, we got curious about it. We went on to my email, you know, on the computer, mm. and it was just flooded. It was rookie, rookie mistake for women on online dating sites is you have to turn off email and phone notifications. Oh, It'll never stop. It never stops. I had a thousand messages in a week. Easily. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? First of all, I didn't even know what the hell was going on. I didn't understand it. Did you I- meet up with anyone? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I actually went with one of the guys for four years, like a boyfriend for four years. How old was he? He was, when I met him, he was 32. Okay. Um, so so not like a ch- not like a boy. No, 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 no. Yeah. no. It was a I, man. No, he still texts me. Yeah, <laughs> get it, Sandra. He's get st- it. He's still trying to get back with me. I'm like, I don't know, but we were together four years, and then I went out with a few um, guys before that. But I didn't really get the whole like they were going to stop over to fuck me, and I'm like, aren't we going out for something to eat? You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Like I was 
it didn't feel like dating to me. Okay. And I'm like, I don't know about this. And that's where I got introduced to to, um, Dominatrix uh, submission play. Really? One of the guys Uh... that I met on the Cougar site texted me one day. We'd seen each other a few times. And I knew he was at the beach, and he said he was coming back from the beach. And then he, he know, he's going to hook up with me when he got back. And he texted me, and he said, do you get into DNS? And I was like, what is what that? What is that? Those are letters. I know. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what is that? And he's like, that's – and then he's really texting me this. It's in my book. Yeah. Um, he's saying things like, well, you know, that's when I'll come over and – I'll clean your apartment and I'll bathe you and go shopping for you and do whatever you want and I'll be your sex slave. And he's going on and on. I'm like, are you fucking with me, really? I'm like, he was fucking with me. I'm like, are you fucking with me? Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not. I've been trying to find this relationship for a long time. And I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah. So I got some cleaning needs to be done. <laughs> exactly. I'm that, like, wow, someone's gonna come over here and clean. I can use them as a sex slave too. Yeah. I'm like, this is like perfect. Oh my god, I could totally get into this. You, you were pretty vanilla before uh, up until this, right? Yeah, totally. I didn't okay. even know what any of this was. Yeah. So you know, he did come over and we played and uh, we I did it a couple times, but it, to me just seemed like too much work. I'm like, why are you dropping off at my apartment and I'm like spending all this time with you mm. and then you're leaving? Like, what am I getting out of it? Like, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. this has got to end. So I kind of like put the gabosh on that. And that's what interested me about you and your book and this life journey of yours is that you got into – because a lot of the doms I know, mm-hmm. uh, they are – they like BDSM in their own private life, whether it's that they are doms and sadists in their private life, or if it's the other way around where, you know, they're actually subs, but they pro dom. Mm-hmm. You, BDSM was not like a thing in your life, but it was no. just a thing you went to go do as a job. Well, not, not exactly. <clears throat> mm. Not exactly. Um, it, it was what I did with a job, but I had more curiosity about the empowerment. Right. Like I just felt like, the whole experience would empower me because mm-hmm. then I could get away from all these old cobwebs <laughs> of, of sexuality and vanilla and how I'm supposed to behave and how he's supposed to behave and how we're all supposed to behave, you know? And I thought, well, this could really empower me and it could mm-hmm. really like, I mean, what would happen? I was so curious and I just felt like I'm going to break, break the rules or make up my own rules and stop following society's rules and how I should behave at 55 years old or how I should behave as a woman. Or Did you think sex was supposed to be done at 55 or something? No, I didn't think so. But, you know, it was very vanilla. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that exciting. I mean, like sex, but, you know, it wasn't wasn't that interesting after you did the same thing for 50 times. Right. You know? So I just thought this would empower me. I thought a dominatrix to me was like, oh, so empower, like this powerful woman, you know, that had control. And I just had to do it, you know? And it, and it wasn't really my idea. I feel like it was like universally brought to me because my girlfriend said to me afterwards, you know, Sandy, what are you going to do? What are you going to do for money? We're like, what are you going to do for a job? And then right out of my head came out of my mouth, is it illegal to be a dominatrix? <laughs> and she's like, I don't think so. Depends on the, the prosecutor. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. It depends. 
<laughs> yeah, it would depend. Depends on the DA in your local area. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, shit, fuck, there is no way I'm doing that. And then you know how I am about, you said about my bookcase, right? Yeah. My curiosity. There's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. I'm there's like, a Trump book there. There's an L. Ron Hubbard book. It's like, she's not afraid of- <laughs> And Tim like, Ferriss. <laughs> Tim Ferriss, like, willing to, to read the words of other people at minimum. So I just got- I. Just after she left, I got on the computer and Googled how to be a dominatrix in New York City. Yeah. And I found a blog. This woman wrote it. It's the only thing I found, really. And she said she went into this dungeon in Manhattan. She only lasted one day because of the psychological right. and physiological torture. And I fucking called them for a job. Yeah, this is the adorable story that I loved uh, that you told at the launch party was your interview. <laughs> Or like, and your persistence. Tell me, tell us about that. Yeah, I even, I called them up and all I heard on the other end was this voice that said, hello. I mean, nothing else. I thought, did I get the right number? I had no idea who I was talking to. Would you expect to. them to answer like corporate, but like, hello, welcome to AOL.com. <laughs> Press one to continue in English, two in Spanish. <laughs> I guess so. Three in grunts. Um. <laughs> the four in screams. Yeah. <laughs> Five is not a safe word. Um, so I called them up and I said, I'm interested in in uh, applying for a position as a dominatrix. And this voice on the other end said, do you have pictures? And I'm like, sure, I have pictures. I've got that ski outfit. That worked well <laughs> in Cougar Life. <laughs> hey, listen, it wasn't much better, believe me. So she's like, well, send them to the website. And she just clicked the phone down. Mm. And I thought, well, all right. So I went through my computer. I've had, you know, my did some acting i had an actor's headshot and i had some pictures of me in my underwear i had sent the boyfriend that i was with for four years you know we were seeing each other yeah yeah and uh i sent them those pictures and they, they just totally did not get back to me because they must have had the biggest laugh of their life yeah if you thought ageism was an issue in corporate world uh in the sex industry <laughs> It's a whole different level. Well, they I'm sure they were expecting someone in leather and a BDSM mm. photo shoot or some shit. And I sent them a headshot and me in my underwear. I mean, I don't know. They probably like, this girl doesn't have no what the hell she's talking right. about. And I just kept going with it. Like I didn't hear from them and like it just was so persistent. Like I just had to keep doing it. And like nothing could stop me. Right. You know, and I was like, I'm going to make this happen. Like, if I could make this happen, if I could do this, it would be so fucking awesome. <laughs> like, how could I do this? You know, like 55 years old, loses my business and become a dominatrix in New York City. I mean, it, to <laughs> me, it sounded so exciting. And how'd you get them to, to finally let you in at the dungeon? Well, I finally emailed them and I said, listen, don't let my tantric zen fool you. I said, I can do this work. I'm I can be a mean bitch. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I'm like, I could do this. I'm a hard worker. Give me a chance. <laughs> Whatever. I have I good <laughs> interpersonal communication skills. I know Microsoft well, Word. Well, yeah, no, I said that shit on the on the resume. That's so or funny. The, on the um, <laughs> the application. Right. Oh my god, I'm sure they were like. They probably had a good laugh. Oh, they probably did. <laughs> they did. But they li she liked me for some reason. So anyway, they finally got a hold of me. Christmas Eve, I got an email and said, come in Tuesday night after 6.30. Mm. <clears throat> and I went in. And I stayed there for a year. 
And how, and how was your early experiences? Because again, because BDSM wasn't a thing you were well-versed in coming into pro-doming, like a lot of the people I know. So you had to like kind of learn on the job a little bit. Oh, a and little how, bit? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, how, how were those growing pains? It was shocking. How was your first session? It was shocking. Yeah? Yeah. I was like, are they trying to torture me? Are they trying to get me to leave? Are they trying to see what I'm made of? I'm like, are they? But they really weren't. They were really sessions. What was your first session like? For my, for my, for, for when I went in as a, you know, training or my own session? Uh, let's go with your own session. The, the, the training wheels are off. Okay. There's no one else helping you out there. Okay. I had a client call and he wanted to have a mommy son um, session. Man, and, your son must love this and, book. And it's <laughs> well, yeah, because it was a spanking session. He was okay. bad at school. I had to put him over my knee and spank him. Blah da 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 da. Right. And what age and, range and to, is this guy? He's probably he's like, thirteen or something. Oh no, I meant like in the oh for real. That, world? He's probably in his forties, fifties. Oh, he is only in his fifties. Yeah. yeah. That's the yeah, yeah. demographic, you know, okay. white 50s. <laughs> okay. It's um, my dad. That's just, <laughs> so everyone looks like Billy Sr. Uh, sorry, yes. continue. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, yeah, I did think about my son. I was like, wait a minute, because you have to get psychologically in there. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is not my son. <laughs> He's not getting a spanking from me. This is role playing. Like I had to kind of like get myself in the right zone mm-hmm. of even being able to do it. And, you know, I learned. He laid over my lap and I spanked him and really bare hand almost for an hour. We did some role playing. And afterwards, I had blood blisters all over my hand. Really? So you went to town first try. I did. But, you know, I learned after that that you do paddles or you do more role playing and you start incorporating different modalities, not just smacking with your hand. And even the client said to me, is your hand okay? Like, that was great, but is your hand all right? And that's when we looked at my hand, and it was like blood blisters. Oh, man. They, you know, they train us not to spank with mm. a leather glove on, because it'll split the seams right out of the glove. Oh, fuck. I mean, just that impact, you know, impact play. So yeah. that that force will break the seams right out of a glove. And how'd you feel after, like, your head, what was your headspace after that first client? It was great, because I was like, oh, my God. First of all, I was already in shock that he would even ask for me. Right. Like, I couldn't believe that someone actually called there and asked for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. Um, I just was really excited about it. I thought, okay. And then I got typecast. I, I got really easily typecast um, from the very beginning. And I tried because I wanted to get more into the really hardcore stuff and really be that dom, you know, with the black leather and the fishnets and yeah. whatever on. And no one saw me that way. Everyone saw me as vanilla mom, aunt, um, teacher, um you know, boss, mm-hmm. um, secret spy, government agent. See, I could see you doing a Russian accent. Yeah. I could see that. So <laughs> they kind of typecast me into it. And I was talking with a couple of the girls about it one day down in the dungeon in the dressing room. And the one lady said to me, you know, listen, if you're typecast, you're making money. Don't worry about it. But but what I do is I, I play those roles and I'm pretty, I'm really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I start incorporating some evil into it. Okay. So you saw my Instagram picture this morning. Yeah. 
That was actually not knife play. I used a scalpel. Oh, next next weekend's um, play party is medical themed, and just Ooh. I'm just like, ah. where, where? Um, it's this party called Hacienda, and it's just it's not like at a like a club. It's like an apartment, okay. um, or like a house. Okay. And the the theme is the doctors in, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna see a lot of medical play. This is gonna be a weird night for me. Yeah. Uh, but so so you only stayed at the dungeon for a year, and then what? You went mm. independent. Yeah, I mean, I kind of you know outgrew it. Yeah. So. I mean, honestly, the girls that were the new girl women that were coming in, I was actually training. Uh-huh. So I kind of like went up as far as I was going to go, and I felt like I was ready to. I mean, I'm entrepreneur. I'm a yeah, businesswoman, hey. and I was like, "Wait a minute, you know what? I can. It's time for me to do this." And I spoke to the owner, and I had a very good relationship with him, and they didn't really want to see me go, and they uh, it made me offers, and you know, for me to stay, and I just was like, "It's just time. It's just time now." And we still have a really good relationship. Um, you know, we follow each other on Twitter and, mm-hmm. you know, we've emailed back and forth. And Isn't that a thing in today's day? Like a, a BDSM dungeon, a sex work dungeon has like a Twitter account. <laughs> Isn't that kind of wild? They all do. We never would have thought that like MySpace days. Oh, Never no. would have imagined that like we'd be following Pringles and like my local dungeon. Yeah. The dungeons. You can get on the dungeon website or yeah. um, tweets and yeah, it's cool. When you were looking up uh, the illegalities when you were first going to go into it, mm-hmm. what did you find? Because I don't think I've ever fully gone into that, on, explored that on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you find legally was like the... Well, I know it's in a gray area. Yeah, it is a gray area. And primarily, no penetration. And that's just not anal play or prostate mm-hmm. massage. I mean, that's... Um, you know, the medical stuff, mm-hmm. the, like, when I when I did colonics at my wellness center, it was illegal for me to put the speculum, the speculum in someone's rectum to do the colonic. The client had to do it themselves. So, I could see that. So What a know, weird prostitution arrest is, like, just had a, a colonoscopy yeah, so gone you, wrong. So you can't penetrate. Okay. If they want to do it, that's one thing, but you, but you can't do it. Right. Um, so you're going to find out in medical play, there's some things that you can be placed down inside the penis too. Oh, let's not talk about sounding. It's, <laughs> it's red, red. Oh, if there the is catheters. a catheters. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. All that, all this, the urethra stuff, uh, fucking irks me. I saw one video, I think it was called kids in a sandbox and it just shows this like really, really hot, busty woman. And she's with this guy and she's got like. It's starting to pan down, and so you can tell that she's like holding his cock. And so they're panning down. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be hot. Was she? It's a hot blowjob scene. What is it? Mm-hmm. And no, she's got a fucking like thick sound dildo, and she's going Ooh. to town in it. And um, you know, seventeen year old Billy was forever changed that day when I saw that. <sighs> yeah, that, well, <laughs> that, that was worse for me than two girls, one cup. Do you ever see Two Girls One Cup? No. Oh my god. Oh gosh. wait, I think <laughs> I've heard about that. Tell me again. This is the one where like it's two really hot women together and you think it's just gonna be this like sexy lesbian scene, and then it turns into like they cut to the girl's got a cup next to her asshole, <laughs> and then the girl starts shitting into the cup, and then I think they start eating it. I think I heard about that. And uh I don't think I watched it. And even if you do potty. <laughs> Like potty play, like shitting and and peeing, urinating. Right. It's really just a um, a public health 
violation. Right. <laughs> it's not illegal to make someone eat your shit. Oh, man. But it's, you know, a public health violation. Because you were paid to serve the shit. So, yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. So And and no blowjobs, no hand yeah, jobs. Yeah, no genital stuff. Yeah, no um, foot jobs. Okay. Yeah, so it's like that's the kind of... And first of all, I mean, I, I get to, I've gotten shit from other mistresses um, in L.A. over this, but as far as I know, New York City doms do not have sex or do that kind of shit with clients. Okay. And... So that wasn't never, that's never an issue. What did the LA Dom say? Is there beef between LA and New York Dom? Well, yeah, they're kind of like, well, we, we can't, we, we think we could have sex with our clients. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, a New York City Dom does not have sex with their clients. Mm-hmm. That's how I was trained. Right. Like, it's not about sex. Oh, uh, this sounds like the same beef, like between like New York comedians and LA comedians, just being like, <laughs> yeah, the, I'm like, well, but in LA, they, it's where they make all the porn. Yeah. So they're probably really used to that sort of demographic or that type of modalities within their session. Mm-hmm. But I was trained, they know because they're beneath you. Why would you give them sex? Ah. That's like submissive. Yeah. Letting them fuck you. You're not fucking me. I'm not giving you a hand job or foot job. You give yourself a goddamn yeah, hand job. Yeah, I mean, honestly. What if you, I let you. Yeah, if you have if my I permission. You, yeah. You, you could pay, well, how much are you going to pay me to let you do that? You know, so it's kind of like different the way I was trained. And yeah. I love it. I think it's better. And the clients that I attract are looking for that yeah. type of session. When, so now at 60, what's your sex life like now and dating life like now? Well, I'm dating, but I have a hard time because as soon as they find out I'm a dom, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, at first I introduced myself as a holistic practitioner, a writer, blogger, um, author. Yeah. And then, you know, when the Dom thing comes in, all of a sudden now it's like, boom. Like, where all where of do sudden, you meet guys? They, they, go, oh, they go right to like, how am I going to get sex out of this? Or what am I, you know, they start getting into their fantasies and stuff. Or they start, yeah, they stop seeing you as like a, as a date and they start seeing you as uh, an avenue towards sex. Yeah. yeah, I just did a I just did an interview with um, New York Post about this mm. uh, a couple days ago. Um, had a two page article, different people, and I you know did an interview with them for that article. But it's hard because you tr- it just turns on you. So it's hard for me to date. It's right. really hard for me to date because I don't I know have standards. Through which way do you date? Is it like I, online? Or? No, I don't do any online dating. I usually go all out meet people. Okay. Yeah, like the old-fashioned way. Have you tried just opening up with, like, I'm a professional dom and an, I'm an author, a blogger, and a pro-dominatrix? Have you? No. I think that might be uh, might be an I interesting I should try way. that? I think you should start maybe opening with that. I mean, maybe- but you know what it is? Like, I, you know, I'm an expert in communication. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a degree in communication. Um, I do seminars, um, interpersonal um, communication seminars, and listening, blah, 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 persuasion. We there's a thing called um, where you disclose over time. You don't just walk in to and meet someone like in five minutes and tell them every single thing about you. It's like a trust thing. I agree. Like, like you don't even want everyone to know everything about you in just one drink or two drinks. Like if we go out again or we go out again, then they start opening up. They start telling me things, and that's the natural order of things, and that's the healthy way to do it. 
You know, it's sort of, a, you know, it's how we communicate healthy. I think that way would work if we're talking about like a personal fetish or something like that. But I think when it's your job with, that they could just easily Google, I think it's best just to get that out of the way up front because then it filters that out. Because either they're going to immediately jump to sex talk and they're going to be like, okay, cool. Here are my fetishes. You're like, whoa, 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 I didn't ask about your fetishes. I told you about my job. You right. know, it's not like you came in and be like, yeah, like I'm really into like incest role play. Uh, what's your fancy? You were like, I'm a writer and a pro dominatrix. What do you do for work? Like that so doesn't res- happen that way. It <coughs> right, stops right. right there. But if they if they respond to you disclosing job with they're going to disclose with fantasies, then you already can filter that out. You can be like, actually, you know what? Bye bye. Uh, like mm, you know I what I mean? You. Yeah, I hear you. All right, you know what? I'm gonna I think give it should, a test. I think I think a good test. I'm gonna yeah. give a test. All right, yeah. <laughs> I want to know how that goes. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how test. I don't know how that goes in like suburban New Jersey, but uh, no, but, I, you know. I I I date in New York. But okay, yeah, but in New York, I feel like it's a way more. I feel like you're gonna tell a guy that be like, yeah, I have like six friends who are doms. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. You know what? Okay, all right. I'm gonna give it a test. Okay, test. I'm uh, open. All right, all right. Hey, so tell me about this. Um, like the ooh, first, uh, what? The, so, do guys normally have? Do you guys just use like red, yellow, or do guys come in and like have a specific safe word? Um, I usually just say, "Ask me for mercy." Oh, you use mercy. Like mercy. Okay. And I always, you know, I'll I'll give you mercy if you know if I feel like you deserve it. If you're not being too big of a pussy. Right. But however, if you do ask for mercy, then I'm going to punish you another way. Okay. So I want to trust their boundaries and I'm not going to push them. I'm not going to push them way past their boundaries. Right. But, I just didn't know if you guys like, because uh, typically, you know, you have a safe word for like a hard stop or something. Um, like in a scene, if someone yells red, I, because why? Yeah, I, they do. They do yell red. Red. Okay. I, because I had circled here. I said best safe word. I didn't know if anyone had like a really good one, safe word. One client had asparagus. Asparagus? <laughs> Asparagus, that's a good one. <laughs> I was ready to do something pretty intense to him. And he's like, asparagus, is that my safe word? What's <laughs> funny is like, did he, did he tell you that up front or did he just yell asparagus? You're like, that has to be a safe word. Why else <laughs> he would he yell it? it? He just yelled it. It's either his safe word or he's like really into asparagus. <laughs> like it's one or the other. <laughs> it's uh, it's either he's so turned on, he's like, yeah, asparagus. Or he's like, oh no, stop asparagus. <laughs> ah! What were you going to do to him? <laughs> Well, I don't want to say. Okay, okay. How <laughs> many? I give away all my secrets. Okay, okay. Uh, tell me about uh, this. So, holistic sexuality. I know nothing about this. Okay. Tell, so, tell me so, a few things, because the the phrase sounds a little hippie woo woo to me. It is, and it is. <laughs> well, we're you know we're one thing: mind, body, and spiritual. Right. Okay. Everything is connected. So, whatever. And our sexuality has a huge role in that because that's, you know, who we are. It's a part of us, our sexuality. So if we're having all these emotional or physical limitations or spiritual limitations to our sexuality, it it affects our health. Mm -hmm. So I always, and people really don't understand that, but I'll use a couple examples that'll help you. Um, So the mind tells the body what to do. Right, the mind tells the body what to do. So, a really great example is you've had an orgasm in your sleep, you know, and from a dream. How is that possible? Because the mind tells the body what to do. Mm-hmm. And on a non-sexual level, 
think about, um, you know, when I go out to do seminars, I have everyone close their eyes and I walk them through a visual of going into the kitchen, opening up the kitchen refrigerator, taking out a lemon, slicing it and then biting into it. And everyone's saliva starts to, you know, start to salivate. So that's the mind telling the body what to do. So, so we're all connected. So if we have all these guilt and shame, um, wrapped around our sexuality and who we are, it's going to affect us sexually, mm-hmm. physically, and spiritually. So if we have, if spiritually, if we have guilt and shame about, um, about our sexuality, then that's going to affect who we are. And our health, yeah. and it starts to affect our health. So anytime we're suppressed, then we, and we start having guilt and shame and all these negative feelings, it starts to um, suppress the immune system and we start getting ill. Maybe we'll take up drinking, maybe we'll start smoking or like we'll pick up some kind of bad habit because our, our, we just can't handle it, the suppression. Yeah. But could you imagine if we were free? like so free of a sexual expression or any expression of who we are, what we are capable of doing and like maybe changing the world. Right. Okay. Like, instead of just holding all that in, we could just be free. So to what would a typical it. problem be? Like someone comes in, uh, who, you know, comes in to see you, what's a problem they might have and like, what's a, a remedy that you would, um, suggest to, to fix it? Well, I, most people that come to me have um, shame and guilt okay. about who they are. And that really comes from some someone's telling them that. Like, yeah. who told you that? Like, well, you know, where did you come up with that? Or maybe they might have bad communication with their partner about expressing who they are sexually. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they just can't. Uh, I have clients that want to wear diapers that are not ready to tell the wives. Yeah. You know, they come to me for an outlet of their sexual authenticity. So what's a, how do we get over shame and guilt? Well, you have to start valuing yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to have self-worth and self-esteem. So you have to start building that up first. And then the other stuff disappears because it's just, it's just, it's a negative feeling that doesn't serve any purpose whatsoever in your life other than to make you ill. And to feel bad about yourself and to suppress you. So there isn't like a tea leaf I'm supposed to eat or something. No, I wish it was that easy. And I think it's really more about building up your self-worth and building up boundaries. Like That's why I love BDSM couples because they have such self-worth and value of their desires. And and communication. And communication. Oh, slutty BDSM poly people, like the best communicators. They're the best communicators. Mm -hmm. because And they value what they desire and who they are. And then then they can freely express that to the world. But you have to kind of own it first. And the only way that you can own it is to have, to to raise your value. Now, here's the thing with some of the hippie woo-woo stuff that like, I, it's not that I have an issue with, but the thing i have trouble getting past is there's great the remedy sounds great it's awesome it's very but it's all in the head and me i may you know maybe this is just me but like i want to be like okay well what's like a thing i can do okay i want like a do thing okay i'm gonna give you a do thing yeah meditate so the brain is really a computer 
Mm-hmm. It's just a computer. Th- I think about when you're laying in bed at night and you wake up in the middle of the night and you have this task or something was bothering you. Doesn't it go over and over in your head? You don't even change the channel. It's just repeat, repeat, repeat yeah. of the same three sentences. I'm always on rapid refresh. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just constant. So that's just the computer. So what, so, and it's really in our subconscious. So ways to reprogram the subconscious is through um, meditation. So when you just keep saying your affirmations constantly, it reprograms the subconscious because that's where all the evil lies. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where all the negativity lies or these things that we're not even aware of. Um, so meditation is a 5,000 year old practice and hypnosis. I actually just did a hypnosis um, with a famous um hypnotist yeah and um i've seen some changes and he actually and i did just for this reason for change like we live we live in our lives like with the bar so high and then we stop like oh i don't want to go past the bar and that's fear guilt and shame keeping you from there so he kind of like we did a hypnosis session and i listened to my um my recording every day it's like a 41 minute recording and I listen to it. So it's reprogramming me, reprogramming me. So all, all that information through meditation and hypnosis goes into my subconscious and throws that other stuff out. So then I'm like, yeah, I am healthy. I am happy. I am cool. And all of a sudden you're feeling better. Yeah. yeah. You start feeling better and then you start making decisions that, um, that confirm that. Mm. Like once you start believing it, then you start doing it. So you're like, oh, I, so if you say to yourself in a meditation and very slow, when you're slowing your mind down, you're doing deep breathing exercises, it makes all the difference in the world. You don't want all that rapid brain movement. Yeah. You want to be really slow. So when you're saying these affirmations, they're really actually, they're really going into your subconscious. And then when you keep saying it over and over again, you become it. Just one of the few things that, that. But you take, you have to do the work. You have to do the it's work. Wor- it's work, but then you say, like, I got a 41 minute thing to, to listen to. I'm like, oh, who's got the time? Well, was- <laughs> you, you took the bus over here, right? Right, right, right. You get to listen to that. Yeah, but know? I got to refresh Twitter. Like, I got, <laughs> I got things <laughs> yeah, to do. Oh, yeah. I've got plans. I got to, I got to refresh Twitter, then Facebook, then I got to check my email, then I got to check Twitter again, just in case. <laughs> and then, uh, and I got to go into a click hole of kitten videos, you know? Like, there's a, <laughs> It's such a full you, schedule. Well, see, that's why you need that reprogramming. <laughs> right. You know, when I did my meditation in the morning, so I usually get up around 5, 5.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. That hurts my body I do. I, to sit, hear. I sit right where you're sitting. Oh. and Oh, there's my book over there with... Um, Joseph my, Campbell, my, yeah, Joseph the hero Campbell with book. a thousand faces. Yeah, the hero with a thousand faces. Why do I know Joseph Campbell's name? He's the, he the, the hero journey. Things? The hero journey. Massive guy miss. I feel like I know this book. You do. Okay. So so I, I get up at 5, 5.30, I make coffee, I come out, and I just, I'm still kind of in that sleepy kind of mode, and mm-hmm. my brain's not really going yet, and I start to deep, deep breathing exercises for like 45 minutes, mm-hmm. and then just do my, and start visualizing where I want to be, where I want to go, who am I, you know, in my life, and that's manifesting your reality, but it's also reprogramming the old cobwebs of crap that are stuck in there. And that's why we can't change because, all right, so think about this. You're going to say, all right, Billy, I'm going, I'm getting down to 195 pounds. That's what you said. What's your second thought? 
I can't do this. That's too hard. That's your second thought. That's your subconscious keeping you from doing mm-hmm. it. Eventually, once you start programming, reprogramming your subconscious, then you don't have that second thought. You do. You just, just do are. The thing. You yeah. just do the thing. It's so amazing how big mental health is. How important it is in like sexuality and just yeah. sex drive. Like yeah. you know, like recently I've been like going through like a little bit of like a depressed state. I just haven't been feeling funny. It's not a big deal. I'll be fine, guys. Um, but it's you know that and combined with diet. And I think part of it was like mm. I went off of a diet. I went off my diet uh, where I just started fucking binging. And because I'm binging, I was gaining some weight. Then I'm getting depressed. And because I'm getting depressed. I'm not even as horny anymore. You know uh, what I mean? Of course so- not, because you've got a fucking food hangover. <laughs> you have no nutrients in your body. Or just Where's when the- I'm rapid refreshing in my brain, yes. I work all day. You know, I'm uh, like, I'm not super like, oh, I want to go fuck. I just, I'm like, oh, I just want to go cry. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. And yeah, so amazing. So natural. how important that stuff is to keeping a healthy sex drive, to keeping your sex life like going and moving, you know, and not letting it get dragged down. Well, yeah, because we are what we eat for first of all i'm putting you on something that's where i'm doing mm. you hear this people <laughs> <laughs> you won't be the first to try <laughs> no resistance no resistance i'm gonna give them <laughs> hypnosis now um no so anyway where were we <laughs> you say hypnosis have uh have you thought have you heard about erotic hypnosis i have a client that i use that on you yeah. use it on so you're able to do it yes i um I tried, but like, I think last year I found a recording. So you know how they're like JOI, like recordings, jack off instructionals? No. There are these things like it's a type of video. So it's the type of thing like a webcam girl can do. Or uh, you might find um just like a, you know, like a porn video. Okay. And it's just a girl, typically a, a woman, like telling you how to jerk off. Okay. Or they're saying yeah. like when the stop starts yeah. fast or slower, they yeah. sometimes they'll do a countdown at the end. If it's like, if there's one that has a, a, a DS dynamic to it, they might do a ruined orgasm where they'll do the countdown. But at like two, they'll be like, actually, never mind. And then they like walk out the room. I like um, it. I like it. Right. And so they also have audio versions of this. So you could just like listen. And I found one that was erotic hypnosis. So it was, and and I thought, again, hippie woo, this sounds dumb and stupid, but I'm going to try it. And I tried and I put the lights down and I lied in my bed and I made sure I was like relaxed and calm and like a little loose. And the first, and I think it was like a 20 minute thing uh-huh. uh, recording. And I think the first like seven to 10 minutes was just breathing. Oh, it yeah. It was just yeah. breathing yes. and saying when to breathe, how to breathe, where to feel the breaths yes. going through yes. before she even at all was like, and now you're like breathing into your genitals yeah. or whatever. and Because mm-hmm. you have to get you in the zone. Mm-hmm. And I, I genuinely, and I've I've always thought hypnosis is bunk and I'm still maybe like 70-30 on that opinion. Okay. But this particular thing, I, I was... I was gone. I was like in that zone, and I and I swear, if the recording was like five minutes longer, I definitely would have came because oh. there was a, there was a countdown, oh. and I'm like, oh my god, like I'm I'm like ah uh, ah, uh, and uh, and we got to the end, and she's like, now come and come, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like almost there, just keep going, and then the recording ends. I was like, oh my god, where's my lotion? I need <laughs> this. Was amazing. Well, hypnosis really. I mean, I'm no expert in hypnosis, right. but I know a, a little bit about it, and I've been hypnotized now. It's really just a relaxation technique. Yeah. It's not like you're going to bark like a dog and do stupid shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, and they have these different, I can't remember the name of it. 
where they can put you under just like by snapping your fingers, like once you're really trained at doing it. Right. Um, it's pretty amazing. That's a weird, freaky Jessica Jones superpower to have. Though. I mean, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's what the purple yeah, man did. I, that's what I want to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, my client just sent me a video. It's in my email on the technique. I think I want to learn how to do the technique. It's pretty cool. Then you can just snap your fingers, have him go to sleep, do whatever you want to do for the hour. You wake him up. You're like, okay, you're good. Pay me. <laughs> there you go. That's an easy session. You'd be like, did you beat the Chevy? Oh, I totally beat the Chevy. Don't worry. You'll, tra- <laughs> you'll whisper in his ear like, when you wake up, you're going to feel pain in your buttocks. And well, you know what? When the when the gentleman hypnotized me, he was actually tapping me in my right hand. I never felt it. The whole time, I never felt it. That's freaky. Because he wanted to see how deep I was going. Oh, let me give you another example of the mind, body, and spiritual thing. Okay. Uh, and it was sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through menopause with no symptoms. That's crazy. It's crazy. I started to get symptoms about 50, when I was 53. I started okay. getting a little bit of symptoms, and I was like, oh, it's no big when deal. When is menopause normally? About that age. About that age? Okay, yeah, okay, okay. that's pretty normal, around 53, 54. Huh. Um, and then once I started getting into this work, they all went away. And I'm, well, you know, I'm 60 now. So, yeah. I mean, I'm done um, with <laughs> menopause. And I believe it's because of the sexual hormones and the increase of release of serotonin during sessions. Huh. And because I did, you know, of course I did all the research and release of serotonin diminishes menopausal symptoms. So if I'm doing sessions every single day and I'm having this, because I'm high, you know how high you are when you're in session. Like I'm so naturally high from endorphins and neurotransmitters that it took... I have no symptoms. I have no. Does so, menopause? So here's what. So if you feel good about your sexuality and you're doing this type of work and you're having these kind of play things with your partner, mm. like what is that doing for your immune system and your health? Like it's fucking awesome. I'm never sick. I never get a cold. You know, it's chemical. So like with enough sex, we can live forever. That's if you <laughs> feel good about it. If you feel good about yeah. it. Like you have to feel good about what you're doing. So if I have clients that come over here and they they want to do sessions and then they crawl out the door, you know, I'm in the dungeon in New York City, and they crawl out the door with their head down because they feel so ashamed about what they're doing, that's having an effect on them too. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of learn to not judge your desires and feel good about it. Don't, you know, because either way, it could go another way. Huh. So if you feel good about your sexuality and you feel good about your doing, and anytime you're in a non-judgmental environment, it's healing. So, wow, everything we have is already inside of us to keep us healthy. You hear that, whores? Uh, keep <laughs> fucking through menopause. <laughs> I wasn't even having sex. I mean, it's just not even physical well, well, sex. Well, with the BDSM, like, I mean, that's like that's that high. But I mean, if uh, if you're not doing kink and there's another type of sex that gets you high and yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. You have to feel good about it. You can't be like, oh, my husband's climbing on me again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't do the sad sex, people. But you should, if you yeah. listen to this show, you already know I don't want you to have sad sex. I want you to be doing fun, yeah. happy, awesome sex. Yeah, have fun, yeah. happy sex. Do, don't don't let someone crawl on you. Make them do something else. That's, I know. I you know, know what women think sometimes? What? That men, men are using them as the most interesting way to jerk off. That's the, that's the saddest um sex that i sometimes think about 
you know, that occurs is that type, the type where it's like for both sides, because like there's no, that's why I don't, I don't fuck everyone who like wants me to have sex with them. Not that, not that I'm like this huge in demand person, but sometimes like I fool around with someone who I'm like, Fooling around's fun, but I don't know that I want to like have sex with them. Right. And because I know that I'm not super turned on by it, I'd be just jerking off into them. And like yeah. I don't want to use them as a sleeve. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. that's not fun for me. And then that can't be fun for her. Right. And so it's just like the saddest type of sex I can I can think of. Yeah, and I think that the people are just not connected. I mean, and I, th- and I think be- with BDSM and fetish work, you're really connected because mm-hmm. you have to be present. Yeah. Like, and anytime, and I, I don't know if you read my article in HuffPost, um, how I feel that BDSM is a form of meditation. I saw that headline. Yeah. I'm a millennial. I only read headlines. That's, uh, I don't know if you know <laughs> that about my people. <laughs> I'm learning. <No. laughs> yeah. So like anytime you're in that, you're present, you're um, in a BDSM scene or you're doing fetish work with your partner yeah. or doing anything, you're present. You're really present. You're not thinking of fantasizing about the fucking girl at the supermarket. In that moment, all you have to think about is, is where you are right there. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how my girlfriend describes me. And that's meditation. Me, yeah. And that's meditation. That is a form of meditation. I almost Being present. En- I almost envy submissives that they can be in that headspace and I can't. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Um, because yeah. I would just be. I I would be present. It's a gift. It's I would a be gift. present until it's like fucking out. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> um. That's that's wild. Um. It has. In your time now, five years of doming, have you does that now turn you on, or is that still a thing that's not really a kink for you? Um, in my personal life, yeah, yeah, I would rather be submissive. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, because I think th- there's that balance. If I had a boyfriend or husband who, um, or partner that came home, mm. or you know, came over and wanted me to dom him, I would just feel like I'm at work. Right. I mean, it just wouldn't, it would just, it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have an interest in it. Maybe just like switching, maybe Mm -hmm. like going back and forth. But um, I've experienced the boyfriend that I had for four years that I met on the Cougar side, he was very dominant. And he just couldn't, would not, he had no interest in being submissive at all. And I loved it. It was great because then he took control and I was the submissive one. So I think I prefer to be submissive in my personal life. Switching it up. Yes. Coming back to the book. Hey, title. (laughs) Um, Sandra, this was, this was phenomenal. This was a really great time. Thank you for uh, chatting with me. Let me come into your wonderful home. Um, would you like to plug all the things and the stuff and the places? Well, you can find me at my website. Everything is under Sandra Lamorghese. So if you go onto Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, and please send me a uh, email if you have a question. I always answer my emails. I always answer questions on Instagram or Twitter. I'm not like that at all. I love communicating mm. with um with everyone. Yeah, you know, it's social network. People people email or they'll send a tweet and they think like, oh, they're not going to respond. Why would they? like we love hearing we, from yeah, people? Yeah, we do. We do. We really do. Love That's it. why I'm checking Twitter all the time. Yeah. Is I want to hear from somebody. Yeah, and I know? had and I had a lady that got a hold of me this last couple of days who was asking me because she's publishing a book. Yeah, and she was like, well, "What is your advice?" And I don't know what to do. And I, I just like wanted to help her. Yeah, you know. So if you have a question about anything, you know. Feel free to just to spill it out to me. I definitely answer all emails and you know in all the social networks also. 
And by the book, it's called Switch. It's a, it's a memoir. Time for a change. Time Switch. for a change. Yeah. And you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I actually started my own publishing company, Edge Play Publishing. And, I uh, like the name. Yeah. So um, you can get it anywhere. Right. So it's really cool. It's fun. I'm having a good time. I want everyone to have a good time. That's that's all we're trying to do here. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, and uh, feel free to say goodbye to everybody. All right, bye. We'll see you soon. I want to hear from you. Bye. <laughs> Later. And I hope you all uh, enjoyed Sandra Lamorgaze again. Uh, the book is Switch: Time for a Change. Uh, I want to give this shout out from. Uh, Patron Anthony G. I uh, got this Twitter DM. Uh, he wanted a shout out for this show. He's not affiliated with the show, but he says, Hey, uh, great episode with Tracy Cox. You were mentioning sex on TV and Crazy Ex Girlfriend does an incredible job. You should check it out. Super sex positive, honest, and covers generally taboo topics incredibly well. There's a song about UTIs and a character who discovers he's bi and is not, and it's not like the defining trait of the character. Which is great. Uh, he, he continues, it's pretty groundbreaking in a lot of ways. While cringeworthy at times, definitely worth checking out. Uh, minus that last line, that sounds like one hell of an endorsement. So uh, that's my unofficial endorsement of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Until I check it out myself. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed this week's show. Uh, please, as usual, follow me on the stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at TheBillyPresida. And you can like the Man Whore Podcast on Facebook. Again, it's not Billy Proceed on Facebook. It's The Man Whore Podcast. And of course, you can always email me your comments, your questions, and your naked pictures to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Fellas, if you're going to send me something naked, please at least write my name on it. That's like the only way I can take some sort of pleasure out of it. <laughs> um, please join the conversation with your fellow fan whores on The Man Whore Podcast subreddit. There are individual comment threads for every episode. Uh, I also like to post exclusive photos and man whore news and questions. And you can make posts yourself. Uh, for all you Reddit people, that's r slash man podcast. So for all of you who did not receive uh, James's bonus episode by mistake last week, here's a teaser clip of his mini bonus episode uh, available exclusively to $4 and up supporters of the man whore podcast on Patreon. To gain access to the full episode, go to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. So uh, enjoy this teaser clip. Stay calm. Stay sane. We're going to get through this together. And as always, stay slutty. You keep going. I'm bringing up to see <laughs> if this is the same. Would you talk to them on kick? Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Hold on. This is... This could be uh, wily. One, this was the person who fucking trolled me, by the way. Oh. That's who trolled me. Um, because <laughs> we had a scenario where it was like, I was go she was going to leave her hotel. She was in town for Comic-Con. Is this the person? Is this the person? Is this the person? So. Oh, so. my God. I think so. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. We got to find out if this person was real. 